What is up, everybody? This is Matilda Egeri Cooper, and you're listening to Finesse Your Wellness, the podcast that explores what it means to thrive and live well. On today's episode, I'm going skin deep with Deja Ayadele, a highly respected skin health specialist, columnist, and founder of the award-winning Black Skin Directory. She's also the owner of West Room Aesthetics, a boutique skin health clinic in London that provides a safe space for people to explore skincare and their options. And at the end of 2021, she published Black Skin, the definitive skincare guide that takes you through the lifetime of skin, sharing essentials from how to work out your skin type to the do's and don'ts for your everyday routine. So in recent years, my skincare has become a massive priority in my wellness journey in the same way that I am so intentional about exercise. And I can honestly say it's a decision that's made such a massive difference to the way I feel myself. And yo, trust me when I say people who have seen me have seen it. People are sliding in my DMs talking about, girl, what, what is the glow of? What, what's, what's going on? What's the routine? Drop the products. <laughs> so I thought it'd be worth reconnecting with the first esthetician I reached out to back in 2018 who set me on my way. So in our chat, you'll get to hear some Adija's wise words and insights on black skincare and why she wants us all to be empowered to be comfortable and confident in the skin we're in. Enjoy. Thank you so much, Deja, for coming onto the Finesse Your Wellness podcast. Thank you for having me, Matilda. I'm really looking forward to this, actually. Oh, me too. Um, so for those who may not know, Deja, and you may not know this yourself, but you were actually like the first proper skin expert that I ever reached out to. Mm -hmm. um, it was definitely at a time in my life where it was a bit of a product junkie and somebody kind of said, look, girl, you need to kind of see a professional. <laughs> this whole, let me try a little. And we love them for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, we, we're spending way too much or maybe I would get like results for like a few months, but I wasn't really solving the problem. So actually in meeting you, it was probably the first time that I thought this is something that's worth investing in. And it honestly has changed my life for the better. Um, and I guess that kind of links to my first question, because if you don't already know, skincare and well-being are pretty much intertwined. And in your forward, you say that healthy skin is happy skin and mm -hmm. two things together mean increased self-esteem and confidence. So in your own life, when did that become apparent to you, that link between just feeling good and having dope skin? Um... I would say um, it's it's always been that case for me. I think growing up watching watching my mother do her skincare um, and you know apply her lotions and potions and how she would um, kind of step out the door and you know she I, you could see the pep in her step. You could you could see that it was visible. Um, so I think from a very young age, maybe I don't know five six, I, I kind of had this idea that um you know having have having healthy skin because my mom used to go to, do, to the beautician as we called back in the day um she'd go to the beautician she'd get her hair done she'd get her nails done she always wore powder on her face and she always had 
um, like red lipstick on and I could see that she almost transformed mm. um, and sometimes she was more um, vivacious <laughs> so I knew that there was you know a link there um, and as I as I came up I, I kind of it never affected me as much as the effect to say friends but you know friends would get you know, they get a spot or something like that, and they'd be really down about it. Tell while me as, about it. <laughs> well, as I, funny enough, I was never like that, and that's not really? because I didn't get spots. I just was very much of the opinion that um, my skin wasn't a, a marker of who I was. Mm. Um, so I, I just didn't feel that way about about spots and blemishes and I still don't to be honest um I'm very much like it's normal it's normal to get spots and blemishes Mm. it's when it starts getting out of hand um that's when you kind of need to get it looked at um so so I've always had this thing so so from looking at friends I should say growing up I realized that there was this clear link between how they viewed themselves, self-esteem and confidence and their skin and obviously I, I grew up with a mother who was very much into, you know, looking after herself, but she didn't make a big deal out of it to me. Um, so it was just, you know, it was normal for me. Um, and then when I went into work and into the working environment, I, I kind of realised that, oh, my gosh, this is actually a thing. Mm. Women are actually really linking how they look um, to their skin. And I, and of course, I understand it when someone has a chronic skin condition or, or an acute skin condition, I get it. You know, it can be very debilitating. Um, so I get it on the, on, on a spectrum of, of thought. I, you know, I, I can see how it happens. Um, but it, and it's through that I, I kind of thought this is a thing and this is the thing I'd like to be involved in. And, and I'd like to be able to help, especially because I didn't have that level of personal investment in whether I had a spot or not it (laughs) meant that I can take that back step and be really objective to 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 help other women who who this link is clearly for them much more tight than it is for me got it and I and I love actually how sort of grounded and pragmatic you are about it and I, I to be fair I think I've learned or at least have taken some learnings from you because, you know, you also mentioned the fact that there's this obsession that women have with flawless skin. Me Mm. probably being one of those people because growing up, especially in my 20s, I was that person like proper layering on (laughs) the makeup to kind of hide the hyperpigmentation. And it's funny because, you know, 20 plus years later, you know, I recently had like a spot, got a bit of hyperpigmentation. I'm like you know what, if, if this is what it is, <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like I'm probably yeah. paying more attention to it than other people are. For sure. For sure. I mean, that is, that is true. I am, I, I, I consider myself a really grounded person when it comes to skincare. And I think perhaps maybe that is because I work in an environment where I have seen very, very extreme conditions of say acne, for example, um, acne is one of my bugbears where you have people who have the odd spot every now and then, or they have a cluster of spots and immediately they turn around and go, Oh, I've got acne. Literally and I'm like, me. <laughs> do you want me to show you? Is that you? Uh, usually I'm like, do you want me to show you what acne actually looks like? Mm. Because in its truest form, it's a skin disease and it's, it, it, it can be debilitating. So I think that's why I have such a measured approach to it because yeah. I have seen the worst forms. And I'm like, girl, please, you got a spot. Relax. <laughs> we we can deal with this, you know. Um, so I think 
I, I, I maintain this grounded approach because, you know, you mentioned things like hyperpigmentation. You know, black skin will get hyperpigmentation as a result, result of a spot. I always say any type of inflammation will result in hyperpigmentation. It, it's like my little rhyme. Um, and, <laughs> and that goes and it does go eventually. Obviously, how you look after your skin makes a difference. So if you are um, constantly coming up against spots and blemishes and hyperpigmentation, but yet you have no skincare to speak of, you have no routine to speak of, mm. then obviously, you know, I will help you put that routine together. And a lot of women come to me just for that, to help put that routine together that helps to prevent the spots in the first place, but also helps to, you know, fight hyperpigmentation. So I, I will do that as well. So my my job is to not only give you the tools, mm. but is also to give you the, the mindset and give you a little bit of, and I guess that's why I wrote the book as well, to give you a little bit of education about how skin works so that you don't necessarily freak out yeah. at the spot. Yeah, 100%. And so in the time that, you know, you've been a skincare expert, how have attitudes changed or what have you noticed as far as the way people feel about skincare? Well, I think people are much more obsessed. They're much more obsessed with flawless skin all the time. There's so many trends and hacks and TikTok. And everybody that has access to a camera phone and can film something in their bathroom is an expert. You know, anybody that has clear skin, regardless of their genes, which have a lot to play with, um, to, 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 to account for, um, everybody, you know, is just so into it and 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 there is an actual obsession with skin um which in many ways I'm like yep that's good because for so long we have never really cared so much about ourselves and it's it started it definitely I noticed a peak in it during lockdown oh yeah for sure everybody was I now I've got time to to do you know do the most (laughs) um so I definitely think people are much more obsessed obsessive about their skin um and I think that is, whilst I say it's a good thing in many ways, in some ways, um, it can be very dangerous because it means we don't focus on anything else. And our skin definitely becomes the barometer of um, how we see ourselves in the world and how we show up, show up in the world. And I very much want women, especially black women, to um, know that they, are en- they themselves are enough as they present they don't, they don't, you don't need to have this constant worry about your skin. So long as you're doing the best you can, mm-hmm. um, you have the right tools, you have the right knowledge, then I want us to be, to rest assured that we are, that is enough. Yeah, I love that. And that's so encouraging because I think, yes, there is something about, you know, taking care of your skin and, and making sure you can do the best that you can. But when it gets to an d- obsession, you know, that's where things can become quite problematic. Yeah. Um, I think what's quite interesting about the day and age that we're in is the fact that there is so much information out there. And mm. I think one of the biggest sort of revelations for me was that growing up, there was hardly anything as far as black skin, you know, like I'd probably go to an Essence magazine or an Ebony to hopefully find something that may be mm-hmm. relevant to me, be it, you know, dark and lovely or <laughs> your fashion yeah. fair or something that would speak to me, not in the vein of skincare, maybe more so beauty. And yeah. then I don't know if you remember when sort of proactive kind of appeared mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. 
they had ambassadors like Alicia Keys and Vanessa Williams and P. Diddy who were very open about their skincare challenges. So Mm -hmm. for me, that definitely felt like a milestone as far as representation. Now just seeing Black people talking about their skin. But I was just curious to know when you started in your field and you were trying to source information about Black skincare, were there any challenges? And if so, what were they? Yeah, I mean, I think I think definitely there were challenges. There were challenges in um, just, for example, when I look at editorial copy for magazines, um, you wouldn't really get any uh, any mention of black skin. Sometimes you wouldn't even get, even get an inference of if you have black skin, perhaps maybe use this product like this way. You wouldn't even get that. So there was just a, a dearth of information that just didn't exist. Um, in terms of um, black skin from a consumer point of view. Mm. Um, And then within education as well, there wasn't anything there. I don't remember being at beauty school and learning anything about skin of colour or darker skin tones. Um, You know, it was just basically you'd be told maybe things like you can't use this machine or this procedure on a darker skin tone, but yet you wouldn't be told, okay, well, what can you use then? Right. Um, so there was just that lack of information anywhere. And you really had to go looking. I mean, you say about Essence and you say about Ebony, which I get are consumer publications, but you really would have to go looking to the States mm. for any type of information. I mean, that's why I always say we're we're a bit behind. And I guess that's why a lot of people say, Deidre, you really need to be living out in the States because you, <laughs> you are so American in your thinking sure. and how you approach things. But really and truly you had to go looking to the states because they would be more advanced than us um and also that even aside there was also i mean the the british upper lip you know in terms of you know you know how we do undercover racism in the uk (laughs) where you know you don't really say anything but you say a lot yes um again why people say dj you need to live in the states because at least you know when i whenever i've seen or come across incidences of racism in the states i'm like at least they told you to your face exactly you know you were not left wondering so you also had i i know particularly for me especially when i said a black skin that registry i have to contend with people saying things like oh we don't see color you know those sorts of attitude which i'm like oh well no that's actually just wrong because it means you don't actually see who i am which mm-hmm. means you don't you don't cater for me and you don't cater for women who look like me because you don't see who I am. Therefore, we do not exist. Um, and therefore, the literature doesn't talk about us or, or the magazines and don't talk about us or the journalists don't talk about us. So there definitely is, um, and you know, it's much better. I have to say, on, on, if, I, if I was going to say on a scale of one to 10, I would say it's 10 times out of 10 much better. Mm-hmm. That is not me saying we are now a point of utopia. No, I am just saying compared to even five, six years ago, it is 10 times much better because now we we have magazines who talk about skin of color and dark skin, black skin in their articles, as in white journalists would talk about darker skin tones. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that never used to happen. I have done exercises where I have gone through magazines. I will buy a stack of monthly magazines and literally go through them. I'm talking like five, six years ago now. Go through them to see, and I literally have a tally chart. How many times was black skin mentioned? How many times was skin of color mentioned? How the, would a black woman reading this be able to take anything away from this? Right. You know, and, and I'd come up with a big fat zero, right? <laughs> so now five days later, six years later, it's so much better. You have more content. So it definitely has improved a lot, 
we're not where we need to be yet for sure but it has improved um so yeah there was I, I guess an answer to your question yeah back in the day when I was coming up nothing I had to make my own opportunities to learn about skin of color and not only make my opportunities challenge mm. um challenge people who were senior practitioners at the time you know I'd go to education conferences I would sit right at the front <laughs> and after they finished their speeches they're talking blah blah you know their fancy slides I would you know they got any questions I'd be like yep sure I got a question what does this mean for black skin wow you know I would be I was known as like I'm sure it was affectionate, but <laughs> <laughs> slightly problematic. Oh, wow. You know, if you saw me in the front row, you can be guaranteed that you will have questions at the end of your session. It wouldn't be one of those sessions where you got any questions and a silence. <laughs> no, you would have questions. You could rely on me to ask you a question. That was a definite. Um, and because my question was always easy. Yeah. What's, what does this mean for black skin? Because you all have spoken really nicely and I appreciate that, but you haven't actually spoken about anything that, I can take away, you know, and, and back in those days, I used to do a lot of writing as well. So you haven't spoken about anything I can take away as a beauty writer to go and talk to my audience about. Yeah, about, yeah, about black skin. Yeah. So yeah. then this kind of then leads me on to your brilliant directory, which you launched in 2017. Mm. How did that come about? And, you know, how did people kind of find out about it and, and how has it evolved? It literally came about exactly because of what I just said, frustration in terms of I would be at these conferences. No, I would also look around the room and be like, oh, my gosh, I am the only black person here and I'm not even a doctor. Um, you know, back in the day, I had my ways of getting into these conferences. <laughs> I still do. <laughs> so and I look around, like, oh, my God. I'm the, and I was just so frustrated. I'm the only black person here. Um also, none of these people are talking about anything that actually, they're friendly, they're lovely, you know, everyone's really nice, but nobody is actually talking about anything that actually includes me mm. um, or makes me feel part of. Um, and it was actually on my way home from one of these conferences that I decided I was on the train. You know, they're going to go to conferences, they give you like a branded notebook, branded pen. I remember using the branded notebook and the branded pen on my way home on the train. <laughs> and that's what I, that's when I drafted the idea of black skin directory. I was like, it's going to, you know, that. I remember thinking it's going to be like a yellow pages. We are going to find practitioners who are black or, or practitioners who know how to um, experience the skin of color. And we're going to put them on this website so that the public can find them because I wanted black women at the time. It was all about black women to be able to access this information. And then I also wanted it to be a depository of information. Like one of my key aims of Black Skin Directory is to make it the best global library for information Brilliant. to do with black skin. So it would have articles, it would have factual content that if you as a consumer wanted to find out, you know, can I have laser? What kind of sunscreen should I use? Um, you know, what kind of vitamin A should I be applying on my skin? You can go on Black Skin Directory and find it um and it has evolved in terms of you know we first started out with just that mission mm -hmm. but now we include you know it's not just women it's just people of color because it just expanded because we realized men were using it quite a lot right as well um and then we expanded it um to include training because one of the things we noticed was that people practitioners as in doctors nurses estheticians 
were coming to us asking if we provided training. And I was like, it's just little old me in my kitchen. So <laughs> I don't, you know, we don't. But obviously that was, a, as a businesswoman, I was like, well, that is an avenue. Um, so we launched last year um, the Skin of Colour training platform, mm. which is fantastic. You just log on anywhere you are in the world. You do the training. We do training, you know, in-house training for other organisations as well. Um, you know, now we've evolved into actually the website will be upgraded in March because it's our fifth year anniversary and we've got a beautiful Aww. new website that's been designed because a little secret, the Black Skin Directory website or Black Skin Directory itself has never been branded. Mm. This was, you know, God bless Canva because like <laughs> the first logo we had, which we had up until like, I don't know, August last year was Canva. Like literally, it was just me um, and Squarespace, you know. So Blasky Narishi is now in a position where five years later, we are so established that we can have a brand new fancy all singing website. We can look at expanding our reach to other concerns that people of colour have, Brilliant. not just skin. Um, so it's really taken on, you know, a, a life of its own. Oh, that's such amazing to hear because I know when I came across you and then I came across the directory, I was like, oh, this is such a, a rich resource. And it definitely, you know, sends a bat signal to, in my case, black women that actually there is support out there and we are being represented in this way. For sure. So then just to kind of dive into the book, mm-hmm. I love how you describe it as a sassy tour in skincare health. So what was the light bulb moment that made you realize you needed to publish a book? Um, several things. Number one, the last um, skincare book, as in skincare, holy skincare book that was published for Black women was by, I'm just going to reach for it here because um, I had to order it from some obscure library. I think it came from New- <laughs> Wow. It came from New Jersey. Of course it did. Okay. <laughs> um, was by Naomi Sims. Um, all about health and beauty for the black woman. And this was published in 1976, I think. Wow. So that was the first thing that slapped me right across my face. That's like, the last book that we had for um, black women, Britain specifically for black women and black skin, um, was in 1976. And it has a stamp in it that says withdrawn from the library, which also meant this book, was, this book isn't even in circulation. Um, so that was a, a driving force. Like, come on, it's 20, we're in the 2020s, right? Mm-hmm. We need something. Secondly, um, you know, the vast majority of my clients are black and women of color. And I noticed over the years in practice, I've noticed that black women have such an apprehension and anxiety about their skin. Mm-hmm. When you show, I, I will have people ask me questions and this is this is word for word. Is this okay for black skin? You know, can black, and you know, black skin have this treatment. But I have never had a white woman ask me that ever mm. in my whole entire life. So there's just a an acceptance that for white women that everything is made for them. And for years and years, that's how we've been. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I also want that pendulum to swing in the way of black women that, Things are made for you as well. You can participate in this. You are worthy. You have the income. You, sh- you can participate. Um, the third thing is obviously I have a daughter and um, I don't want her growing up thinking that 
you know, things aren't for her or she can't participate. So I had these three pull factors. Um, and that is what really drove me to say, actually, we need a resource, something that's much more up to date. Yeah. But something that also gives our history so that not only if us as consumers are reading it, but um, industry folk, because a lot of industry folk read my book. There's so many beauty companies that just literally bought hundreds and hundreds of copies for their oh. staff because at least it gives, you know, we all want to be allies, right? Mm-hmm. It gives our allies um, information that helps them be more helpful in their allyship. That's right. So that was important for me. And it was also important for me, for example, for the white woman whose child is multiracial right. or mixed heritage, you know, or or the, you know, in my family, I have I have Scottish people in my family, as in as in like um, you know, English Rose Scottish. Mm-hmm. Likewise, I have like, you know, really, really dark skinned, beautifully, you know, that beautiful blue black, mm. you know, Africans in my family. So it's like, you know. And when those two people meet, maybe they're married or something, you know, I have aunties, like white aunties who will say, you know, how do I deal with this? And it was important for them to have a resource as well. Nice. And so for those listening, the book is split into two sections. Again, so practical. First section being know your skin, like the foundation, which goes into the science of our skin, the difference in black and white skin, as you kind of touched upon, skin across key milestones in light. Oh my, that's like, Oh my god, my favorite section. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in my forties now. This is so relevant. <laughs> um, and then, sort of like aging, the impact of pregnancy, really rich information. And then there's the managing your skin, which covers you know some topics I want to dive into deeper mm-hmm. and probably already touched on, like hyperpigmentation and why it's such a pain. And the mere fact that I've mentioned it so many times should give you some indication about how I feel about it. <laughs> how you feel about it. It's like, oh, my life, I had to fight. Um, and it's just strange the way hyperpigmentation plays out in my life. But, I mean, what is it that we can do? And is it just about us being more realistic about it? Is it that there's certain products that are, are great for tackling it? You know, I know a lot of people will be curious. Okay, so hyperpigmentation is is a mixture of things that you can do. First of all, make sure you have a very strong skincare routine. In terms of strong, I mean solid, consistent, coherent skincare routine. Um, So, for example, if you have an oily skin tone that you tend to break out a lot because breakouts will give you dark marks, make sure you have a skincare routine that's addressing those breakouts. Because if you can stop those breakouts or at least reduce them, Mm. then you're going to reduce your hyperpigmentation as well. So make sure your routine is solid in that sense, in terms of you have a skin type appropriate cleanser, you have a hyperpigmentation serum. That is the one thing I know most black women are missing in Mm. their life. And I do not mean vitamin C because vitamin C, if you use vitamin C alone as this is your brightening serum or your pigmentation serum, you will get nowhere fast. Interesting. You you need, and I need you to get a pen and paper right now because (laughs) you need, or pause this and go find your pen and paper and come back. These are the ingredients you need in your in your pigmentation serum to help you prevent hyperpigmentation and fade existing dark marks. Mm. You need the licorice extract. You need alpha arbutin. You need kojic acid. Um, 
You can have some vitamin C, but it cannot be your primary ingredient. You need an ingredient called resorcinol as well. Niacinamide, also a fantastic ingredient. So basically all these are listed out in the book. I am sure you have come across them yeah. in the book. Um, but those are the ingredients you need to tackle hyperpigmentation. If you can include a, a retinoid product, so I eat a vitamin A, um, some people call it retinol, some people call it retinol. They're all different versions. If you can include, include that in your nighttime skincare routine, that would also be fantastic because it's a heavy lift. It's, it's a heavy lifter, retino, a retinoid. It helps to tackle pigmentation. It helps to control oil. It helps to stimulate collagen. It does so much. And sunscreen. Mm. You cannot forget your sunscreen. Yeah, got it. But this is my sort of follow on question. Does the same apply for hyperpigmentation on other parts of the body? So beyond the face. So let's say you have a cut on your leg and that results in a dark, dark mark. How does someone approach treating that? You can approach treating it in exactly the same way using a pigmentation serum. Also, you can use exfoliative agents. So maybe use a body wash with some glycolic acid or some lactic acid in that area. If your skin is exposed, say for example, in the summer, then definitely use sunscreen on it as well. But you can also have hyperpigmentation that is very, um, it, it's almost part of your lifestyle. So for mm. example, your thighs might rub. Sure. Anything that's rubbing and creating friction is going to cause hyperpigmentation. You might be shaving your armpits. Mm. So therefore, um, you are going to get hyperpigmentation because that's a mechanical damage to the skin. You may maybe have some um, fine hair on the chin or even some coarse hair on the chin that you are plucking. That is going to cause inflammation and damage to the skin. So that is going to cause hyperpigmentation. You might have, um, say in the summer or springtime, you have high, um, hay fever. Mm-hmm. And you might be one of those people that's constantly using your your, your index finger to rub your nose, mm. you get hyperpigmentation. You might constantly be rubbing your eyes because they're itchy, hay fever, you get hyperpigment, so you'll get hyperpigmentation. So there's some very normal occurrences of hyperpigmentation. If you are a runner outside, yep. it's typical for you to have a darker head or dark face, yes. darker face and neck <laughs> to everywhere else in your body. So these are very normal. And I think that a lot of the time we do focus a lot on um even normal discoloration Mm. we do focus a lot you know elbows and knees areas of friction you know Mm -hmm. gets this that gets a darker color and it's a natural darker color not it's not artificial then we do focus on these things a lot and i and i sometimes wish that we would focus our attention on other things, mm, basically. I feel you. I feel you. Um, your book also addresses, you know, some of the popular go-tos that we use in the Black community, like shea butter and black soap. Mm-hmm. You know, do those still have a role in our skincare? Um, I definitely think shea butter has a role in our skincare, for sure. It's a moisturizing agent. It has a lot of essential fatty acids. For sure it does, but it's an oil. So it will not, um, you need water to hydrate the skin before you put an oil on top. Mm -hmm. So I think it's about the ways in which we use these products that makes a difference. Um, With black black soap, for example, if you're using on your face and it it tends to strip the skin quite dry. And one of the main issues actually with black soap is the fact that it's it's locally produced, Mm. right? So in terms of um, safety records, in terms of consistency, 
is very different. One day you might get a batch from an auntie that is amazing, right? Next day, auntie's ingredients have changed because when she went to the market, they didn't have what she normally buys, so she bought something else instead. And then you now have a much more, say, drying version of that same product. So there's just no consistency amongst um, the production of it. And that is what causes problems. I find that the people who need to be using the people who don't need to be using black soap, I should say, or sheer butter are the people who use it the most, but then complain about their skin. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> you know, they have oily skin and they have breakouts. So some auntie has told them, use this black soap, it will dry your skin. <laughs> and then put the sheer butter on top. I'm like, but that's just a recipe for disaster right there. Mm. You know, so it's usually those people, I'm like, you are the last person that should be listening to those aunties. <laughs> Go and get yourself some proper regulated skincare products. Mm. And then, of course, there's always going to be someone that's using these products, right? That nothing ever happens to them. Right. You know, because those genes are unlocked. They've got their, <laughs> you know, they've got their ancestors' good genes. Yep. So those genes are unlocked. So, so they, can, they can use whatever they want. Everyone's got a friend like that. They can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. They will never have anything, anything on toward with their skin. Do not listen to people like that. Mm. just don't don't even try and copy them <laughs> no I feel you and and it's so funny because I think sometimes in a moment of crises I've been tempted to kind of cast my mind back to some of those um well tried and true or tried and tested you know old school yeah. methods but then you realize no 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 no. there is power in the medical grade <laughs> <laughs> for sure there's power I, for sure there is some power in there and definitely I mean, I think heritage skincare, as I call it, has its place because Mm. it connects us to where we are from. It definitely has its place, but I don't necessarily think that place should be every day. Sure. And if you're definitely experiencing problems using it, then you shouldn't be using it, Mm. especially when there's options. Yeah, exactly that. Um, So maybe just to touch on my skincare journey and how I discovered you, I found you on IG sort of tail end of 2018, which sounds Mm -hmm. wild to say. Um, And then we went through a course of treatments and trust me when I say my skin was pop. Pen. Good. <laughs> People are like, girl, what's this glow? I'm like, well, <laughs> I see an esthetician now. Um, <laughs> but even then, you know, at the time, I I recognized that okay, this is this is an investment, and you know, mm-hmm. so many years have now passed where, thankfully, by the grace of God, it's an investment that I can invest in. But what would you say to people where money may be a barrier, maybe a bit of a hurdle for them to kind of go down that route? Yeah, for sure. I completely get it. And in this cost of living crisis we're living in, right. and the Ukraine war and all of that, I, I totally get it. Um, I would say your first port of call is Black Skin Directory. There is so much information on that web platform. It is a free platform, um, free to access every single thing on it. Go on there, feast out on information. Um, there are also practitioners on Black Skin Directory that you can... Um, then follow and find on their social channels who give out a lot of free skincare game, for sure, a lot of free skincare game. So I think those are your first, that's your first port of call. If you cannot afford to invest in treatment courses, if you but, but you can stretch to one appointment, do not use that one appointment to go for a facial. Use it to <laughs> go sure. for a consultation because the consultation will... Um, 
will, will, will feed you a lot longer than a facial will. Because the consultation will, especially if you do it with me anyway, we will give you a written write-up. Um, you'll be able to contact us for weeks and months after, if you need any little tweaks, we, we handhold you, we guide you. Once you come for a consultation with us, for example, you know, we're in your corner. We, we're only interested in, that, in in making sure you have, you know, the healthiest skin possible. So if you have, I don't know, a hundred quid, do not use a hundred quid for a facial. Go right. for a consultation. Go pick a standalone consultation where they will sit down with you, go through your routine, go through your products and really guide you and arm you with the information you need. Love that. And I'm actually looking forward to digging deeper into your book and some of the chapters. And I think you kind of touched on my final question, which was, you know, how can people just get started on a healthy skincare journey? So, yes, I think seeing someone getting that consultation definitely Mm -hmm. feels like a great step. And so before we say goodbye, (laughs) how do you finesse your wellness? Oh, wow. I mean, for me, wellness means so many things. Um, And this is going to sound really strange and really funny, but um, I I have a lot of therapy. So that's one way in which I finish my wellness, especially mental health. Mm -hmm. I have therapy every week. But through therapy, I discovered how important money is to me um, in in the sense of safety. So... um, one of the things I do every day, every morning, I check all my bank accounts. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. That, And I know that you might think that, you know, that's not really wellness. But for me, that's peace of mind, mm-hmm. actually. It lets me know where I am. Sometimes I'm like, I'm checking because I need to know how hard I need to hustle today. <laughs> you know, so, so, but then it, it gives me, because it gives me a sense of control. Yeah. And when I have, con- it gives that sense of control and a sense of peace and, and, and what I need to do to ensure I stay safe. For me, safety is a big part of my wellness journey. And that, you know, everyone has their childhood stories and trauma and all that kind of stuff. And for me, money equals safety. Mm-hmm. So I always check my bank accounts first thing in the morning you know it's all on my phone I quickly check and literally it's a it's a cursory glance yeah and that's it but it settles my spirit oh no I feel you I mean we've done a whole episode on money and its connection to wellness and mindset and yeah so it it makes total sense so no thank you so much for sharing that no no my pleasure (laughs) and last but not least where can people find you how can they find out what you're doing how can they follow you and just absorb so much more of your wisdom Oh, thank you. I am DJ underscore Ayadele on all the interwebs, um, on Instagram, on Twitter, which I've just started using Twitter again. Hey. Um, I'm also DJ Ayadele on uh, DJ underscore Ayadele on TikTok, but my website, djayadele.com, will literally lead you. You know, I call it the home planet. It will <laughs> lead you to all the other things um uh, that I do about me um you know but Instagram is really where I hang out brilliant thank you so much for your time no my pleasure thank you for having me the thing I love about Deja is that she's gonna give it to you 100% every single time so here are my top three takeaways number one As she said, and as much as I struggle to accept this sometimes, it's normal to get spots and blemishes. It's just part and parcel with being a woman, our hormones, all of that stuff. And I think in realizing that and actually accepting it, we can be a lot more kind to ourselves. Takeaway number two, get some education. 
it's really important to learn about your own unique skin type. I think there is so much out there as far as advice on the gram, advice on TikTok, but you really want to get yourself to reputable sources because with the right knowledge, you can then make the right decisions, especially with how to invest in your skincare. And then on that note, takeaway number three, if you are going to spend better to go for a consultation than a facial because that kind of speaks to the education point a consultation can give you everything that you need in that moment to go on a really healthy skincare journey and I know that certainly worked for me so thank you all for tuning into this episode of Finesse Wellness brought to you by Flygo Collective a space for black women and women of color who want to level up their wellness and lifestyle you can follow Flygo Collective on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or sign up to our mailing list at flygocollective.co for lovely tips, goodies, and invites delivered straight to your inbox. Also, if you love what you heard, rate us and review us on iTunes. We need it, we love it, and I'm thanking you in advance. <laughs> Much love to you all. Catch you on the next episode. <laughs>